Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Oh, Pater! Pater! Hi, everyone, and welcome to another edition of the Pater Podcast. I'm Tom Hannafin. Today's podcast is all about offensive linemen, and in particular, one offensive lineman that is former Penn State O lineman. Eric Wilson, who is on his way to the 2022 NFL Draft. He is preparing with the Team Test Football Academy in New Jersey as we speak, getting ready, and hopefully we'll hear his name called. We're going to chat with Eric a little bit about his experiences at Penn State, his experience coming from the Ivy League, Harvard specifically, to Penn State, what his time in State College was really like, his time with James Franklin, learning from the head coach, and obviously his position coach, Phil Troutwine, and then also getting his projection of what he thinks his game is going to look like in the National Football League and a projection of what Penn State's offensive line is going to look like this upcoming season. So I'm really excited to have this conversation with Eric Wilson, and we're going to dive into a few other matters regarding to the offensive line. So thank you for liking, commenting, subscribing, and turning on notifications. You know, football might be over for this season, but basketball is in full steam for both pro and college hoops. From all the latest odds, totals, player performance props to where the next fired coach is going to land, BetOnline is the number one spot for all your sports betting needs. Head over to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Just use our promo code BELIEVE, that's B-L-E-A-V, to get started. And it's not just basketball. Bet Online is your source for hockey, boxing, and UFC odds right to the Olympic coverage. It's the best in the business. From sports right down to your favorite Vegas casino games, Bet Online is your number one online wagering destination. Bet Online, the fastest and easiest way to wager on all your favorite sports and play your favorite games. The Pater Podcast is presented by Bet Online where the game starts. Also, Funk Brewing is the official craft beer partner of the Pater Podcast. Now, I highly encourage all of you to check out the Citrus IPA and the Silent Disco IPA, two of my personal favorites. However, for the month of February, Funk has Double Citrus coming out. It's a big fan favorite. The Double Citrus IPA Beer Advocate has given it a score of 93 out of 100. Now, it only arrives once a year just in time for March and all the good things that happen in March, you know, like St. Patrick's Day, March Madness. If you're a fan of the road to WrestleMania, I'm personally a fan of Impact's Impact Wrestling Sacrifice event. You know, stuff like that. This will be available in Funk's Tap Rooms in Emmaus, Elizabethtown, and York as of today, Wednesday, February 16th, and it will be making its way to your favorite retailer shortly after. You can find Funk Brewing at your favorite beer distributor and grocery store. Trust me, their fresh, funky flavors will satisfy your craft beer-loving taste buds. For more information, visit funkbrewing.com to learn where and how you can get their fantastic products. Must be 21 years or older to purchase. Please drink responsibly. So we're going to get to the interview with Eric Wilson here in just a few minutes. I am thrilled for that interview to be rejoined by Thomas Frank Carr from Blue White Illustrated as a part of the On3 network. Uh, T. Frank has some really great breakdowns that he does for BWI uh, in regards to his film room, T. Frank's film room, if you've seen it. But he is uh, proficient when it comes to breaking down offensive linemen. I thought, who better to join me on the interview? So I'm looking forward to speaking to both Thomas Frank Carr and specifically Eric Wilson here in just a few moments. Um, For many of you, when you think about Penn State's offensive line, I understand. 
a lot of people roll their eyes. It has been a very challenging stretch, especially under James Franklin. However, this has been a recurring problem for Penn State football for decades, unfortunately. There is a fantastic article on statecollege.com written by my former professor and good friend, Mike Porman, that I really, really recommend you go and take a look at. It's called The Rise and Fall of Penn State's Offensive Linemen. Um, I'm putting the link to it in the description of this podcast if you want to check it out. Um, Mike gives some really, really good detail in terms of what has happened over the years. Now, I think we all remember some fantastic offensive lines uh, in the, the late 90s, especially that really produced some excellent rushing attacks and really made some running backs maybe look better than they actually were and set some records along the way. But the frustration for Penn State fans, especially presently, has been what the offensive line has generated under James Franklin. And listen, I'm not here making apologies for what that has been. But the one thing that I think really jumps out to me, and I remember this from the conversation we had with T. Frank last week on episode 33, was that, yes, one great offensive line talent may be able to catapult an offensive line group into superstardom, to, to put it one way. But this is very much a team effort. Now, in, in Mike Porman's article, you'll see that Penn State's not had a ton of success in terms of players at Penn State then translating maybe to the National Football League. There are a handful of examples like Donovan Smith and my hat goes off to Connor McGovern. He's getting some opportunities presently with the Dallas Cowboys. But there's anomalies for the most part. There are guys who are maybe getting drafted or making their way into teams, but not necessarily turning into Hall of Fame offensive linemen. Um, John Urschel and A.Q. Shipley are guys that have had a lot of success. But again, those are guys that maybe in their respective groups at Penn State had some success and were clearly very talented guys. But the group as a whole maybe didn't generate the production that Penn State fans and the coaching staff would have liked. It's such a difficult position to analyze and break down because I know it sounds cliche. It is about teamwork at the end of the day. And that's what makes me really excited for what's happening looking ahead to 2022 for Penn State football and why I'm dying for the blue-white game coming up in April for a number of reasons, is that we're going to get to see a lot of really interesting developments along the offensive line that could change the perception of what this O-line group is capable of. Phil Troutwine and James Franklin have, on paper, done a very nice job getting recruits for 22, 23, 24. Um, it's been a real haul of talent that I think is long overdue. Uh, but at the same time, for immediate returns, right, 2022, Olu Fushano, promising, Landon Tengwall, promising, the transfer of Cornell Center, uh, Hunter Norzad, very promising. And we are going to ask Eric Wilson about that. Ivy League to the Big Ten, he might know a thing or two about it. So I personally think there's a lot of positivity for that and considering some of the talent that's being injected into the running back room with the likes of Nick Singleton and Katron Allen to team with a guy like Kevon Lee and even uh, Keziah Holmes, and then you got Devin Ford in the mix, of course. There's going to be more opportunities, hopefully, for this running game to get going, and then especially pass protection for Sean Clifford or whoever is the quarterback. I think there's more reasons for uh, positivity than some Penn State fans may be willing to admit. But I want to hear it firsthand from somebody who's literally been in those trenches. So uh, without further ado, here is Eric Wilson, who is getting ready for the NFL draft. T. Frank is going to help me out with this one. So we are going to get to that here in just a moment. Before we do, I got to ask you one thing. What's more important than peace of mind? Nothing. 
And that's what NordVPN is here for, to give you peace of mind while you're online. And with all the threats that you face today on the internet, it's more important than ever to be sure that you have the best VPN you can get. NordVPN is the world's best VPN service, offering the fastest connectivity, most servers, and next-gen encryption to make sure that everything you do online stays secure. Plus, you can use NordVPN on all your computers and devices, no matter the operating system. With NordVPN's unlimited bandwidth, you never have to worry about a slow connection either. And plans start at under $4 per month. So grab your exclusive NordVPN deal by going to nordvpn.com slash believe or use the code believe that's B-L-E-A-V to get up to 70% off your NordVPN plan plus one additional month for free. It's also risk-free with Nord's 30-day money-back guarantee. And of course, all of us involved in the Patriot Podcast are proud supporters of THON, also known as the Penn State Dance Marathon. THON is a year-long effort dedicated to raising funds and awareness for its sole beneficiary, Four Diamonds at Penn State Health Children's Hospital. THON is the largest student-run philanthropy in the world committed to enhancing the lives of children and families impacted by childhood cancer. Four Diamonds picks up where insurance leaves off to relieve financial stress and provide emotional support so that no family ever has to see a medical bill. Since 1973, Thon has raised over $190 million in the fight against childhood cancer. And in case you weren't already aware, Thon will hold Thon Weekend 2022 in person starting this Friday on February 18th and running through the 20th at the Bryce Jordan Center in University Park, Pennsylvania. To learn more about THON Weekend 2022 or to donate, visit THON.org. That's T-H-O-N dot O-R-G. It's all for the kids. Make a difference in the life of a child today. And on another personal note, we want to take this opportunity to put a spotlight on mental health with an initiative called Tag Me In. Tag Me In is simply asking for people to tag in on the conversation and help strip away the stigma around mental health. Whether you're looking to lend support, you want to talk, you want to share, maybe you need some help. We invite you to join in on the conversation. We encourage you to make a video if you'd like, post it on your social media channels and use hashtag Tag Me In and hashtag Tag Me In United. At the very least, we want to hear from you. You are not alone. Tag Me In. Visit tagmeinunited.com to learn more. All right. Joining us now here on the Pater podcast, not only Thomas Frank Carr from Blue White Illustrated back again, but Penn State offensive lineman Eric Wilson, who is getting ready for the draft. Eric, thank you for joining us. Uh, you are getting ready through the Team Test Football Academy. Um, where is that located? What has that experience been like? And how are things kind of post Penn State for you? Yeah, yeah. Thanks for having me. Uh, it's awesome to be on Uh yeah, team test is in uh, Martinsville, New Jersey. Uh, so, you know, some guys go down south somewhere warm to train. I think I figured, you know, from Minnesota, went to Penn State. Why not stay uh, where it's a little more gritty? Uh, it's uh, It's been good, though. It's been great uh, being able to train with different guys uh, and really get that fine-tuned training uh, in terms of, like, straight-line speed or, like, learning the drills that we're going to have to do at Pro Day. Uh, and then, honestly, uh, obviously some positional work with uh, Rich Soyberg. Uh, Sorbert, uh, who's like the O-line guy uh, through test. How does it feel to be out of school? Because you started at Harvard, you transferred to Penn State, and like so many people, whether they're athletes or not, how does it feel to be done school? Uh, it feels it 
pretty surreal, honestly. Uh, but it's it's weird because I never really had a graduation at Harvard. Like we still hadn't had our live graduation. Uh, didn't have a ceremony at Penn State, so uh, it just kind of ended. You know, like you go to the bowl game. Uh, it's not like a season at, Har- at Harvard. The seasons are uh, end right before Thanksgiving, and then you have your finals and stuff to kind of like send you off on the year. But at Penn State, you know, it is with the bowl game, you're just kind of at the bowl game, and then you leave. <laughs> it's like, all right, I'll, I'll see you guys when I see you. Uh, so it was definitely a weird feeling. Uh, and, you know, it's difficult making those friendships, uh, although I'll be only for six months, but you go, you go pretty close to some people through the football season. Uh, so I kind of miss being at school. How much gear from either Harvard or Penn State did you keep uh just as like a little memoir or something like that you know what i mean oh as much as i could I, <laughs> said, <laughs> give me an example oh i mean i was at the i'm not gonna say bottom of the barrel in terms of like receiving gear uh but in the ivy league you know the the deal with nike wasn't like what it was it's i different. think the first, sure. the first day i showed up at penn state i got more than i had in uh four years at harvard so i was uh, uh, i was scrambling to get as much as i could keep as much as i could give it to family members uh, my dad's Got some cool things he wears around uh, when he was teaching at high school. So it's uh, it's it's pretty awesome. I, nice little helmet. Yeah, it's it's fun. Man, I I I played pathetic middle of the road high school football in the state of Connecticut, and I had one teammate. He kept his helmet, his shoulder pads, his thigh pads, his tailbone pad, his practice <laughs> pants, his practice jersey. Like every it was disgusting. So it's nice <laughs> to see he kept the right things. You know. Yeah. Right. It's a good Halloween jersey for him later. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. So. You mentioned your experience in the Ivies. Um, What was that like? You know, we talk so much about the transfer portal, and it sounds like this big, bad, mysterious entity. Um, What was your experience like jumping from the Ivy League to the Big Ten? That's a significant leap. Yeah, I think uh, the the thought process, I went to Harvard with the intention of finishing my career at Harvard. Like, I never wanted to leave. Uh, But when the season was canceled due to COVID uh, in 2020, I was kind of left with an option of, you know, you're only allowed to spend eight semesters uh, enrolled in an Ivy League school. So it was either take a semester off and then come back for my fifth year or, you know, put my name in the portal, see what options uh, are out there. And I could still go back to Harvard uh, if that was my choice. And so I decided to enter the portal um, and I started getting a lot of good feedback uh, pretty early uh, and honestly thought that like Minnesota might be my landing spot because it's I'm from Minneapolis. Uh, but you know, they had a lot of experience coming back, probably like seven got the most experienced O-line in the country, I think was the, in terms of starting games. Um, and early on, I committed to Auburn. Like that was like, uh, like the first school I really connected with, uh, under coach, uh, Gus Malzahn. Uh, but then two weeks later, uh, he was let go and, you know, I just kind of wanted to open doors to people I had been talking to before. And it kind of came down to Penn state or LSU, uh, for me. And I really, Loved my connection with uh, Coach Trout. Uh, loved how on, how really honest they were. They'd tell me the things that I need to work on, tell me the things that they could better me at. They weren't just like saying, you know, like, you're so great, all this stuff. They're, he was telling me how he got Zion Johnson better at Boston College. Uh, he got all those guys great at Boston College. He could come in uh, and I could come in. He could help me try to fight for a spot as best as I could. Like nothing, nothing was guaranteed. That was also the great thing about Penn State was they're not – they don't guarantee anybody – uh, a starting spot uh, or even playing time when you come in as a transfer. So uh, all in all, I hate the poor. I hate recruiting in general. I, I'm not a fan of it. Like I try to find my place and make it home. Um, 
but ultimately I'm thankful that I found Penn state, uh, and developed this relationship with coach trout. Uh, yes, he, he's like the best coach I've been around in football. He's just so technical. He knows what he's doing. Uh, and I think he does a good job of relaying it to the guys. Sort of answered one of my questions for you there, but I think people are curious when it comes to positional coaches and their impact on the player, especially one like yourself who spent, as you mentioned, a, a briefer period of time with him than maybe some other guys who spent four or five years. What's something that Phil Troutwine taught you during your time at Penn State, either technical or however you want? The biggest thing for me was, you know, just being a guy that could go in at any position. So like in fall camp, I, I needed as many reps as possible. I hadn't put on pads since 2019 uh, because, you know, I finished my season and then you're going through spring ball. So I guess 2020 spring ball was the last time I put on pads. And then, uh, but no, COVID happened before spring ball. So COVID then wipes out all 2020. So like I'm still doing O-line training, but then you come in uh, and, you know, I had, I had a lot to catch up on quickly. So like the way he did that for me was I wasn't working with the ones right away. I was working with the twos, uh, honestly, at center and then getting guard reps with the three. So I was taking double reps. Uh, and like, you know, some guys that, that's, that's kind of brutal in fall camp, but I needed it. So to see how fast things were coming back to me, uh, being able not only to adjust to playing football again, but adjust to playing like the best football again. You know, PJ Mustafer, Derek Tangelo, uh, Keem Beeman, like those guys are so fast and strong. Like, you know, I need as, ma- needed as many reps as possible. Uh, so I think that that was the best part. Uh, of what he did for me was like putting me in as many different situations as possible and not asking for the easy stuff, like being as critical as possible, like bringing my inside foot uh, when I'm kicking. And even if you win a one-on-one rep, like critiquing the things you can do better to make it cleaner. So it's easier the next time. Uh, I think usually in the past I uh, had had coaches that, you know, if you win, like it doesn't matter how you do it, you win the rep. But here with Trout, it's like, you know, like you can win, but you know, there are things you can do better, things you can work on. uh, And that that's a, a great part of what he does as a coach. How much attention to detail you kind of went into that. How much attention to detail is there uh, when you're on the practice field and then in film sessions and, and kind of where does that go when you're working with, with a guy like Phil Troutwine? Yeah, there's uh, it's an extreme attention to detail. Like he, he's a detailed guy. Like that's what, that's what he does. Um, so like when you're watching film of practices, games of what other guys are doing, you're looking at, first step like okay so like first figure out what type of scheme they're running uh to try to like put yourself in their shoes and think about okay was the first step good if his first step was bad like how could he have fixed it like what position did he get in that you don't want to be in or what position like kind of use that visualization process to think you know like where would i be better like uh, bringing my hands faster things like that you're the second Ivy League offensive lineman to come to Penn State now. Earlier this week, Hunter Norzad from Cornell uh, committed to Penn State and to Phil Troutwine over a couple of other Big Ten schools. So uh, if you could give him or if you have given him, I don't know if you've talked to him, some advice on what that transition is like. What was it or what would it be? Uh, I think, you know, just you, you go in and you just work as hard as you can. You just know that you're going to play the best football that you can. You're not competing. Like, honestly, you're not competing against anybody else. Like you're just making yourself a better football player because like, so my goal in coming, I think I didn't say this, but you know, people say like, Oh, well, are you, you nervous about like playing time? If you go to like a big school, like Penn state, I'm like, yeah, you're nervous. But like you, you want to play football, but if you can't, if your dream is ultimately to like play in the NFL, um, you gotta, you gotta be good enough to play at Penn state. Um, so like that, that's something that you just can't, th- you can't think about getting on the field. That's, that just can't be the first uh, thought process. The thought process is how can I get better each day? 
uh, and what can I do each day? Um, so yeah, I think that, I think that's what I've said before and that that's what Trout preaches to transfers. They tr- preach to me, tr- preach how he did it with Zion at Boston college. Uh, and I'm sure he'll do the same with uh, Hunter. Eric, in terms of scheme, Obviously, players have their preferences. You hear, you know, a play called in the huddle, and it's like, gosh, that's it. That's exactly what I was looking for. Is there a particular scheme that just lights you up that you're like, oh yeah, I can't wait to go with this? Yeah, we didn't do. Uh, I did a lot of it at Harvard and a lot of it in high school, but I loved uh, loved gap schemes and pulling, uh, trying trying to trying to get out and kick, kick or log a defensive end. Uh, that's kind of kind of my favorite uh, type of run play. Uh, so yeah. You had one against Auburn that probably was the best block of the season. Like that's that that particular play, I think, was one of the best I saw all year. How what is it about that that you like doing? What is it about that particular play or that particular system that you think is is fun or that you think you're you're good at? Uh, I, I I think it's uh, definitely the most fun. I, honestly, just kind of brings me back to high school. I was uh, I, Minnesota football. It's not the not the pride and glory of the U.S. football, you know, so. Uh, we had a really fast running back, uh, and I was a, a big and uh, uh, athletic offensive lineman. So I'd I'd pull, get out there, and then just let the running back do his thing behind me. That's just the best feeling. Like you're blocking somebody out in the open field, and the running back cuts off you, uh, scores a touchdown. So like I, that that just makes it a lot of fun. Like you you pull and kick out, and the running back hits the seam. It's just like a fun way to block. Something kind of uh, related to that, but I, I, I one of the things that I always like is it's one of the most dramatic plays in football to watch a quarterback throw a post against cover two because you got safeties colliding the ball coming down in between it's it's like a three-pointer at the buzzer is Mm -hmm. there a related thing for the offensive line what's like the the coolest thing you can do as an offensive lineman (laughs) i don't know Uh, there's not much cool (laughs) maybe a thick six that's really gotten uh, popular (laughs) i think there's rewarding things um Uh Like getting a thick double team. This, this sounds stupid, but like get, getting into a double team really thick with like I got into a few. I feel like pretty well with Rashid this year. You get in thick, and then one of you snaps off late, and then the running back can hit it. Like whether it's in practice and in interior, or one of those plays. Like that's a that's rewarding. Like you're snapping off, you're blocking your guys. Uh, I like that one. As you're getting ready for the draft, Erica, and you're looking at you know these guys at the NFL level. Um, I would say that a lot of guys in the National Football League, uh, in terms of you know, offensive line talent, there are constantly these conversations being had of like upgrading here, upgrading here. And they're not a whole lot of great overall units, a lot of talent, but not necessarily great overall units. Where do you see yourself fitting in potentially at the next level? What do you think of the competition in the NFL? Uh, yeah, so I, I uh, actually went to the NFLPA game uh, two weeks ago, uh, like an all-star game. Uh, and I think the biggest thing for me uh, was like trying to show versatility. Like I played left guard at Penn State all season at the NFLPA game. I played right guard and center, um, showing that, you know, like I, I can be a guy that can be plugged in any of the three positions and a guy that's going to learn an offense extremely quickly. Like it came into uh, Penn State and pr- picked it up pretty fast. Uh, and that's sometimes not the easiest thing to do when there was a number that told me at Harvard to go a certain direction. And that same number is telling me at Penn state to go the other direction. I think uh, one time in summer we're running through it and I just absolutely collided into uh, Miranda or somebody uh, just like, Whoa, what are you doing? I'm like, I swear I'm not an idiot. I swear. <laughs> um, yeah. So I think uh, that that's the biggest thing. Uh, so 
just showing versatility, showing you're smart, showing you're tough. Like you play through injuries. You do, you do that a lot on the offensive line. I, I'm like, we don't talk about that at Penn state and I don't talk about that now, but you know, there's a lot that happens during the year that, uh, you know, you grit through. Um, so just knowing that, you know, I haven't in five years of college football, I missed uh, one practice uh, and it was appendicitis. I got my appendix removed at Harvard and then mm. uh, was back. Um, uh, that was the last practice of spring ball. So that was the only thing I missed ever. I never missed a game. Uh, one practice, like just being reliable that way. Yeah, Eric, I, I, I'm sore from the gym this week, made it back. <laughs> so I don't know if I'm going to be making it on Thursday. Today's our off day, but we'll see. You know, I have the same. What I'm saying is we're the same person. We got the yeah. same sort of work ethic. Sure. <laughs> Zero sacks, by the way. And one of the two highest graded uh, linemen on your side of the ball, according to PFF in the NFL PA game. How would you describe your game to an NFL scout or a GM? Uh, I think my game is uh, – you know, the, I, I embrace the Harvard uh, stigma in a way. Like, I, I think I'm a very cerebral player. I see what happens uh, and I uh, can instinctively react to it and can kind of figure out what the defense is doing quickly. Uh, and I, I pride myself on that. You know, I, I think I'm also a physical player, but I don't have overwhelming uh, natural tools, right? Like, I, I'm not, I don't have, like, extendo arms. Uh, I think, like, Ju- Juice has some long arms. Uh, and it, it, you call him, uh, when you're in one-on-one pastors, you call him weapons. He's got weapons for him. So, uh, so you know, you figure out different ways to win. Uh, that's what makes offensive line so fun. Like, it's like, you you figure out different ways to do everything. Because it's not a one-size-fits-all thing. Um, so, for me, I think just being cerebral and tough and just always like knowing what to do and always doing as much as I can. I'm I'm never going to be a guy like just just like just walking around. Like it's just, you got to find the work and you got to do it. And if you mess up, you just come back, forget about it, go as hard as you can the next play. Yeah. If anything, the national football league does prove that it's not just okay to be a freak athlete or anybody who steps foot in the doors or even makes the attempt is a freak athlete by definition, but it's about the neck up. So I think that's a great approach. Um, I do want to think back on kind of your experiences you talked about from Harvard appendicitis, then the pandemic, um, and then even this past season at Penn State, one week in particular that I thought was fascinating was the flu game, as it's been called, against Rutgers. (laughs) Can you give us a firsthand account of what in the world was going on that week? Honestly, like we were just (laughs) – I don't want to go too much into No, no, I understand. Yeah, we were just – we were down bad. Oh. <laughs> we just, guys were not feeling good. So we knew going into it, uh, you know, like that we were going to, like I, I told Lance, like the biggest thing was like making the young guys that we knew we had to get, like know that we believed in them and that like, we know they could do it. Like Landon, like just like tell, like Landon became one of my best buddies. Like uh, it would be like him, uh, and a couple of the younger guys, you know, right, right when you come in as a transfer, uh, you might not make fr- be friends with the older guys because they've already had their crew going, you know, so they've already been together for a lot of years. So like my uh, my crew, so to speak, I live with Miranda uh, and the specialists. So I live with uh, some great guys. But like then on the O-line side, it was like uh, Landon, uh, Olu uh, and Dawkins. Like those, those were like guys I really uh was with a lot. And so like, just telling those guys that like, you know, like if you, when you're in there, like, I believe in you, I'm not doubting you ever. Uh, so I think that was the biggest thing because then Landon comes in and plays left tackle and plays great. Like proves that like, you know, he's like, he's 
a guy that's going to be ready soon, sooner rather than later, you know, which is awesome. Uh, and then uh, just to go along with that, knowing that he was at tackle and then just helping him like learn guard because he'd never played guard throughout the year uh, was just pretty, pretty fun. Um, that ties into the Rutgers game a little bit, not as much, but uh, that's just like kind of what the, was the general theme for the year was just, honestly, I know I'm only here for a year. So uh, help land in as much as possible, help uh, younger guys as much as possible, uh, that type of thing. Uh, I'm the film guy over at Blue White Illustrated, and this is my my great avenue in to give a, a quick commercial for Blue White Illustrated. Sign up for just a dollar. You get 12 months of access so you can get inside information and you can get all kinds of great stuff. One of the things that I, I saw last season uh, from Landon was you, you mentioned tools and weapons. He seems to have a ton of those. So what what are your thoughts on Landon as far as what his best characteristics or strengths are as an offensive lineman and maybe something we haven't seen from him yet in the limited number of reps we saw on the field. I, I, I think it's his hard work, his work ethic, you know, he comes in only playing tackle. Uh, he needs to play guard, moves to guard in the, you know, it's some of the scrimmage we do, I think. And, and just his dedication to like wanting to perfect the track. He's also like a freak, uh, like just size wise for how young he is. It's like, it's I'm like, yo, that's the, uh, that, I might be the, it's hit. He and Olu, like I, I've never been more jealous. I'm like, yo, you guys are just like, you don't know like how high the ceiling is for those guys. So, uh, I think also they're really humble and they work hard. So like that tying being humble into that hard work, uh, just creates uh, an unstoppable like path to being great. And you kind of touched on it, and this will be my uh, my last question. We appreciate you joining us. I'll let you go here. But looking forward for Penn State's offensive line in 2022, there's a lot of positivity, a lot of the things that T. Frank just kind of outlined, Hunter Norzad's arrival, plus the development of guys that you got to work with firsthand, like Tangwall and Fashanu, and then uh, you've got uh, Wallace sticking around. You've got your Scruggs developing. Um, what is your uh, outlook for the Penn State offensive line in 2022? What do you think? I'm extremely excited. Uh, you know, I think the biggest thing is like you, you always want depth. Uh, and that's what we learned this year. You know, it, it, the injuries happen and you, you want depth. And uh, I think they've got an awesome crew and I'm super, super excited uh, to watch them work, especially with another year of coach Trout's like emphasis on technique and, you know, just younger guys being more confident uh, and people having more experience under their belts. Uh, you know, I think we would all say we, we're disappointed with, we, we knew going into the year, like we had a great chance to like really mesh and like be a great offensive line. Uh, and it just didn't happen for us uh, for whatever reason. Uh, I think we'd all own that. And we know that we had, we have a room that can be great. And I say, we, because I still feel like I'm a part of those guys like that. Like there is greatness in that room. Um, and I, I have a hundred percent faith that they're, uh, they're going to get that this year. You'll see I that. appreciate that you say we, because Penn State is forever. Penn State grad, Penn State grad, Penn State grad on this podcast alone. So I appreciate <laughs> it. Um, Eric, thank you very much. Uh, for those of you listening that are curious about more information, hey, maybe you want to get ready for the NFL draft. Check out Team Test Football Academy in New Jersey. Eric, thank you so much, and best of luck on your path to the draft. Yeah, thanks, guys. Appreciate it. Thanks, Eric. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.
You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.